Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we're going to take a look at Mercury's Kazemi. That is Mercury's conjunction with the Sun, or what is sometimes described as Mercury at the heart of the Sun, which is taking place in the Northern Hemisphere as the Sun moves into Capricorn, which is our winter solstice. This is a really unique astrological signature, so we're going to be looking at it today. If you don't know anything about Kazemis, you'll learn something about that, but you'll also learn about what makes this one so special. It really is rare that we have a Mercury Kazemi on the actual day of the winter solstice. So we're going to take a look at that today. Before we get into it, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and reflections. We'd love to hear from you and how you're experiencing this transit. Uh, you can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. Well, as you guys know, we have about 10 days left, just 10 days left in our annual Kickstarter campaign. This is our 10th annual campaign. We're seeking the support of 1,777 backers to meet our goal this year. So far as of the time I'm recording this intro, we have 724 backers, which means we need a huge push in the last week. We still need 1,053 backers before New Year's Eve. Do I think we can get there? Yes, I do. <laughs> I really believe that we can still do it. I know we're a ways off, and I know it's hard for a lot of people out there right now, but every donation helps, and any amount helps. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Um, you can find the link to the Kickstarter pinned to the top of the comment section or in the description of this video. And if you appreciate this channel, please consider pitching in and supporting it. We could really use your support to make sure that uh, we keep the lights on and keep going, keep our staff paid, um, and make sure that we keep the content rolling out five days a week in 2024. So today, as always, I've been taking a little time to uh, tell you more about myself, my values as an astrologer, and why I think that the Kickstarter is worth supporting. And I, it's been really fun getting to know you and uh, doing these little kind of uh, fun introductions every day. Today, I want to tell you uh, four reasons why you might want to donate to the Kickstarter. These, to me, if you can check any of these boxes, then I think that it is worth donating. And um, so I'm going to go through them. And, uh, and then again, I'll, I'll tell you where to find the link again at the end. Number one, if you tune in regularly or even semi-regularly to this channel, if you tune in once a week, if you tune in a couple times a month, or if you tune in every single day, if you're someone who tunes in regularly or se even semi-regularly because you enjoy the content, because it, it does something good for you and you include this in your listening list. I know lots of people, you have lots of podcasts probably you listen to, lots of content creators out there that you take in. But if we are one of your regular go-to places, then please consider contributing to keep our channel alive and to support our staff. This is how I earn my living. This is how our staff earns their living. And so if you enjoy it, please consider giving. Anything helps. Any and every donation is really appreciated. And of course, you can pick a pledge when you pitch in. Uh, you can pick a reward for your pledge when you pitch in, I should say. Number two, if you're entertained by this content, if it makes you laugh, if it makes you cry, if it makes you think new thoughts about astrology or learn new things about astrology, if you're a hobby student of astrology, and this is one of the places where you go to learn more and you find yourself repeating something that you learned or sharing something that you learned, or if you're just, if this is just something that adds to your entertainment, the entertainment value of your day, if it helps you pass the time, if it helps you feel like you're part of something, you know, uh, astrology is good at doing that. There's a lot of work that goes into creating that and creating that experience for our listeners. Um, from me and all of my team, if you have this experience, we appreciate if you'd consider supporting us. 
Number three, if you find that the content is spiritually valuable, if this aligns with your spiritual values, with your spiritual practices, with a spiritual way of looking at your life, if we help you re-enchant the cosmos and bring spiritual meaning to your experiences through the language of astrology and the way that we talk about astrology here, not just me, but a whole team of people that go into supporting the content, then please consider donating. And then last but not least, if you believe that content like this should be free and accessible, it shouldn't be put behind paywalls or subscriptions, that content like this should just be free and accessible. That, But you also believe that content creators who bust their butts like we do, working three to four hours a day, five days a week to produce this content, also deserve to earn a living, then please consider contributing. These to us are the values that we believe if you checked any of those boxes, then you might consider pitching in and supporting us and helping us reach our goal. Again, our goal is to get to 1,777 backers by New Year's Eve. Right now that we still need a thousand subscribers out there and we have tens of thousands that listen every day. We need just a small amount of those to say, you know what, I'll pitch in $5. I'll pitch in $25 and pick up that calendar or any of the other rewards or even the larger packages like our class packages. Uh, those are all on sale too. There's a ton of really good rewards that we offer from different masterclass series to lectures to special readings that we offer, astrology of 2024 video. So many cool things. When you pitch in, you can pick up something and receive a thank you gift in exchange for your support. So anyway, that's my pitch for today. We still need a lot of help. I believe we can get there, but we are coming. We're starting to come down to the wire now, so we really do need it. That's all. I hope that you will enjoy today's talk on Mercury uh, Kazemi. What an interesting Mercury Kazemi, I have to say. I, I really enjoyed making this talk in particular because I don't think in all of my years of doing astrology that I've ever seen a Mercury retrograde, a Mercury at the heart of the sun on the winter solstice. It's a very powerful symbol for us to contemplate today. So I hope you'll enjoy this video. All right, take it easy, everyone. Bye. All right, so today we're going to take a look at Mercury's Kazemi, uh, which means Mercury moving through a conjunction with the sun, sometimes described as Mercury being at the heart of the sun within its synodic cycle. This is a really important moment, and it happens to be taking place as the sun enters Capricorn, and that zero Capricorn is the solstice, winter solstice here in the northern hemisphere. In the symbolic language of the zodiac, that marks the uh, return of light on an archetypal level. And uh, it doesn't have to, you don't have to think about it literally. Um, you can think about it symbolically, and that's probably going to be the best way to think about it, especially if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. So we're going to talk about the meaning of this Kazemi, given five different factors that go along with this Kazemi and make it speak. And obviously one of those factors is the solstice. So that is our, uh, that's, that's, that's the breakdown of what we're up to. Let's take a look at the real-time clock. And here we are. <clears throat> I am going to highlight the factors that we're talking about. In fact, you know, one thing that I might do here is, why don't I see if I can get just, here we go, put that up. And then we have the term rulers. So here is the Kazemi taking place, Mercury crossing the heart of the sun, that is Friday, December 22nd. And you can see the sun at zero degrees of Capricorn. That is the winter solstice moment of the zodiac, or the, uh, you could say, again, just a solstice moment, depending on where you're at. But uh, the thing to also notice is that this is happening in the bound of Mercury. You can see that bound in the Egyptian table of bounds on the outside of the wheel. Um, this is also happening as... 
the ruler, the of course, the sun and Mercury being in Capricorn are in Saturn's domicile, and they have a sextile to Saturn as they're as the Kazemi is taking place. So there's some reception with the host and nice connection with the host. And then we also have the fact that the sun is moving from this point forward into a trine with Jupiter, which of course marks Jupiter's turn to direct motion from retrograde. <clears throat> and then the last detail, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm really looking at is Pluto's culmination at the exact same time in the sign of Capricorn. So the, the fact that this is all happening as Pluto is also just entering that 29th anoretic degree culminating before entering Aquarius in January is, um, I think, a really important kind of weighty detail to add into the mix here. So those are the factors that we're going to look at. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to go through them one at a time and sort of give you some ideas as to what those different con contextual factors um, might indicate for us right now. The first thing to remember is that every Mercury retrograde cycle um, has a lot to offer us, and it doesn't mean just one thing. For example, sometimes people say, oh, Mercury retrograde, you're going to go through revisions and delays and, you know, confounding, uh, frustrating things will come up that'll sort of, um, I don't know, put, put a wrench in the wheel somehow. And that's just sort of a generic thing that we often hear about Mercury retrogrades. But every part of a retrograde cycle uh, for any of the planets, inferior or superior, Mercury, Venus, uh, uh, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, they all have distinct phases that they go through. And the phases of the synodic cycle all have subtly different meanings and symbolic value. And so we have to understand what part of the cycle we're at because that part of the cycle will offer a different set of symbols. So a retrograde is not, it doesn't like unanimously mean the same thing at every point in the retrograde. So to think, oh, Mercury's retrograde right now, that just means this. Unless we're uh, differentiating between Mercury under the beams retrograde and Mercury emerging from the beams retrograde on the other side of the sun, we're not doing our due diligence. Like we, we should understand the, the different phases. So what happens when Mercury has gone through combustion and goes right into the heart of the sun and conjoins the sun? <clears throat> that is considered to be a rebirth moment for Mercury, who will then start to emerge from combustion and separate from the sun. Applying to the sun will often mean a deterioration, a breakdown, and that's where we see that's those significations of delays, setbacks, things kind of falling apart. You get, you get, you're, you have a set of plans that you made, and all of a sudden you find that they're being completely unraveled while you're at the airport. That's the Mercury stationing, turning retrograde, causing sort of delays, reversals, revisions, setbacks, frustrations. As Mercury is combust through the heart of the sun, we're dealing with the sort of intensification of those themes of breakdown or shifts in circumstance that are sometimes challenging because Mercury is symbolically going through something like a death. When Mercury reaches the Kazemi stage, it is then crossing the through the heart of the sun and from that point forward, we'll start to emerge from under the beams and rise as the morning star, which is a rebirth for Mercury. So this moment in particular is like the seeding point of a new cycle. And the forward motion through the heart of the sun in direct motion is also a kind of seeding point um, for its emergence as the evening star on the other side, this time the morning star. 
So when it goes through that, that Kazemi moment, it's a tremendously empowered moment for Mercury. Mercury is filled with the light of a new cycle. It's like the intentions are being planted for the cycle ahead. It's a conception moment, you could say. And so it will carry that seed forward. But you'll often see these kind of brilliant displays of an empowered Mercury. Insight, communicative power, executive decision-making, people who are teachers or authority figures somehow empowering other people as messengers or as uh, liaisons, which is sometimes uh, described in ancient astrology as the seal of the king, that Mercury is being given um, uh, like the seal of the king's authority somehow, the sun being a metaphorical like um, authority figure. So when Mercury goes through the heart of the sun, there's this moment also of like brilliant intellectual clarity or communicative understanding, sort of seeing the bigger picture. And so those symbols make any Kazemi pretty powerful. And then you have to think, well, what kind of Mercury do we have here? We have a Saturnian, earthy, uh, Capricornian Mercury. Um, this would mean, for example, that the mind's ability to do hard things, to see, to, to take on weightier or, um, you know, kind of heavier um, disciplines or responsibilities, duties and um, obligations, and to somehow plan or conceptualize of a plan for the carrying of a, a, a task or a burden. Like, how am I going to manage carrying this, uh, this duty or obligation? And sort of being able to see it clearly, or even being given a task that's sacred but heavy, or being asked to consider things that are difficult. Like there, there's sort of a metaphorical, we, we talked about Pluto culminating. I'm going to mention that again. There's sort of a cross we've, we, we, we carry when we think about Capricornian symbolism. And I've used the story about the Lord of the Rings and sort of carrying the ring to Mordor and letting it go and not being sort of destroyed or corrupted by the weight of the thing you carry. Um, well, there, here there's a very special commission being given. It's sort of like the moment in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf sort of tells Frodo, like, this is on you. You're going to have to carry this. The ring has fallen to you. <laughs> so you could see this as a moment of recognizing the task before us and some willingness on our part to be, um, to, to have to grow up to receive what's being given to have to uh, take a step forward in our maturity in order to adapt or shift with the changes that are being um, ushered in by this Kazemi moment at the solstice. So the solstice symbolism plays a huge role and that's number one in our list of five to consider today. The solstice symbolism brings with it a, a part of the story of the light and dark cycle of the year from the, stand, the symbolic standpoint of the ancient zodiacal um, language. So for Capricorn, we're in the dark half of the year, but from this point forward, the light starts to return. And so that dawning of light, but the slow, gradual, incremental, step-by-step -step burden, duty, obligation to climb a long, steep path ahead as the light rises up out of darkness to nurture and grow and develop and work and carry something from a seeding point in the midst of darkness up and out of the darkness. It's a heroic call in Capricorn, but it's also, um, it's not very glamorous. There's a sort of chop wood, carry water mentality that runs through Capricorn and the 
solstice every year is a time for us to there's a hexagram in the I Ching which is uh, number 24 and it's called return and it shows basically the bottom line is yang starting to rise up and it's the nature of the uh, of the lines are to move up the hexagram um, and when the light returns that's what we're doing we're starting at the humble beginning of light starting to crawl back up and um, so where there's been an emptying out, now there's a return and there's a slow, gradual filling, climbing, ascending. And that is a very, very powerful moment in our year that most of us take time, who are people who are into astrology, take time to signify or ritualize in our life in some way. And so just imagine now that the Mercury retrograde is reaching its rebirth moment at that uh, um, beginning of the return of light. So that's there's a vision there. There's a, a task that's being given at this Kazemi that's, you know, it's quite strong. And it, it could show up in different areas of your life. Look to the whole sign house of Capricorn in particular. But just know that this is, it's kind of a rare moment to have Mercury Kazemi at the heart of the sun being reborn, bringing with it um, a quality of mission, an importance, a weight, a slow ascent, a, a change of momentum that is going to um, cause us to dig deep. So, the solstice symbolism is pretty profound in my humble opinion at this time. The other thing that's interesting is that this takes place in the bound of Mercury. So the first, uh, let's see, how many degrees is it? Let me just check my little map. Uh, so I think it's the first seven degrees, according to the Egyptian table of bounds. It's the first seven degrees of uh, Capricorn that belong to Mercury. And so being in Mercury's bound, it's as though Mercury... There's a little extra weight and emphasis given to Mercury. Our minds have to be, um, they're going to be tested. Our mental, intellectual, emotional capacity will be tested because being in the bound of Mercury, it really, it really suggests that the road ahead is forged by uh, careful thinking, careful communicating, careful control and mindfulness around our thoughts and the power of our thoughts in the weeks ahead. Um, this is also uh, something that it makes me realize just how significant it is that this um, that this turning point is depicted by the entirety of the retrograde cycle, which makes all the way until the first second of January when Mercury turns direct really important. Um, that there's we can't, especially because when Mercury retrogrades back into Sagittarius, it's going to hit a square to Neptune. It's going to conjoin Mars. Mars is going to square Neptune. We have to avoid the trap of fanatical thinking or of becoming pushy or domineering or, uh, you know, sort of sort of thinking that being loud will get something done. So there's some kind of mental test that we're being given as there is also a turning of the tide and a kind of responsibility or task that's being handed to us. It's a moment of testing our maturity. Um, that's the way I'm seeing it. Uh, so anyway, uh, number three is the interesting fact that Mercury is in a sextile to Saturn at the outset of this cycle, uh, at the outset of the, I should say at the, um, at the moment of the solstice, both the sun and Mercury who are in the rulership of Saturn are also sextile to Saturn in Pisces, which I, I showed on the real time clock at the beginning. That sextile from Saturn in Pisces to me reemphasizes the way in which we're dealing with a kind of inconsistent, fluid, changeable, dynamic boundaries are shifting and moving. Um, there could be, we could feel like we're sort of riding a roller coaster of emotions. And 
you know, Capricorn is a sign that likes to have a certain amount of control and uh, foresight and uh, like a, a kind of incremental, steady, progressive building, growing upward, aspiring, reaching, climbing uh, quality to Capricorn. Saturn in Pisces is saying that you may there you you might be climbing a mountain, but it's a little covered in fog and you can't clearly see exactly where you're going. Trust might be required or even more careful boundaries and going a little bit more slowly, um, being content with small gains at first. Um, the connection to Saturn though, to me also suggests that emotional maturity wins the day right now. If we can, if we can think about the challenges in front of us and dig into our best qualities and stay real close to the present moment with a kind of emotional uh, maturity helping us along that we're there's some support there for us so number four on my list is the fact that the sun is moving into a trine with jupiter right after this happens so that mercury kazemi is friday december 22nd and then we have the uh, connection of the sun with jupiter on the 27th so the sun moves immediately into a trine with jupiter which signals jupiter turning direct at which point mercury will be conjoined with mars both will be square to Neptune. Mercury and Mars in Sagittarius, of course, will be, let me just repicture this in case that's a little complicated. I'll put the real-time clock back up. Uh, so you can see that at this point in time, while the Sun trines Jupiter, we've got Mercury and Mars conjoining in Sag and both square to Neptune in Pisces, all of which in that square between Mercury, Mars, and Neptune are all Jupiter-ruled signs, and we have a Sun trine Jupiter connection with Jupiter turning direct. This again signals the idea of an incremental slow um, process of change and transfer transformation with a kind of coming together of um, things that we need to advance. But it, it is a slow uh, kind of shift that requires emotional staying power, not becoming too fanatical, but also trusting and um, trusting and having faith. That, that we're in the process of some kind of um, critical turning point. And, and but our, our, again, emotional maturity, uh, control over reckless or domineering or kind of pushy impulses mentally and emotionally are required. This is a nice turning point that uh, comes shortly after the Kazemi and um, really starts wrapping up the Mercury's retrograde cycle. And the finally, the final thing that I'm thinking about is the fact that Pluto's culminating in the final degree of Capricorn. This all happens as Pluto is culminating. And it really makes me think that not only is this about, you know, a, a kind of mature Capricornian moment where that, that slow process of return, building, ascending, working our way through something um, is taking place. And there's a, a real sense of empowerment in that space. But this may represent something in the microcosm that is being reflected in the macrocosm of Pluto's you know, many years in Capricorn. That what we're carrying right now and the maturity required to see something through uh, to the end is... Um, uh, reflected in a sense by Pluto's culminating in the final degree of Capricorn. There is something that we're ready to, you know, cast into the fire or there's something that it's, it's like how we finish matters. And we talked about this with the new moon in Sagittarius in that last decan of Sag. We, we talked about the fact that the, uh, it was the 10 of wands and the sort of pushing the sticks through the finish line, how we finish matters. And so, um, 
there's this great sense of culmination behind all of this and in a moment of testing our maturity and how we um, complete something or how we complete a transformation of some kind. Uh, these are the general archetypes that I'm noticing within Mercury's Kazemi. And um, I think that, you know, that's going to look a little bit different for everybody. And, and especially important to look at the Capricorn, whole sign house of Capricorn in your birth chart, because that'll really give you a feel for where, what topics are, are um, being activated. You know, um, the, the, uh, the other thing that I would recommend for this is taking some notes, especially, you know, Friday, the 22nd here, what's going on? What note, what do you notice? What stands out? Um, that, that seating moment, sometimes will there'll, there'll be a real insight that can crystallize and it doesn't have to crystallize right away, but an experience might be there through which an insight is ready to crystallize. It'll be of great use to you. Um, and so I would really pay attention to all the events happening right around the solstice and, uh, and, and then stay with them, meditate on them, see what comes. Anyway, that's it for today. I hope that this is um, this was useful for all of you. Don't forget, if you have not already, we are, speaking of slow, steady climbs, we are trying to work our way to 1,777 backers by New Year's Eve. We have a long way to go. We still need a lot of help. If you are able to, any and all donations really help us. They support me, my team, the production of all of our content year round. We have a bunch of really awesome rewards that we offer when you pledge, including big discounts on all of my courses. So um, yeah, if if anything um, stands out to you on the reward page uh, and you have questions about any of our classes or anything like that, you can feel free to email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Otherwise, uh, I hope you guys have a great day and we will see you next time. Bye.